Guys, I'm glad that you're here to worship the Lord this morning. It's good to worship the Lord. Amen? Amen. And we also want to say thank you to you guys coming to this last service. Some of you may, this may like really be your jam, and that's awesome, but uh, we really do appreciate you coming to this one. The other two are, are pretty jam-packed, and it allows us to be able to spread out a little bit and continue to give opportunities for people to come and, and worship the Lord uh, comfortably. So thank you guys for, for coming to this service. If you would, open your Bible to Colossians chapter 3. We are going to be looking at verses 7 through 8 again. If you've been here with us, you know we've been slowing down specifically on verse 8. Um, so we will finish that up actually this morning. But Colossians chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, it says this. It says, You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Let's pray. Father God, we, we love you. And Lord, like we were saying, you are our living hope. You've set us free. And we, we're just so grateful. Lord, we love you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and flow and move like only you can this morning. Lord, open our minds and our hearts to receive the truth of your word. Lord, so we can go from here and being doers of your word, faithful servants and ambassadors of you, King Jesus. So like Quinlan prayed, Lord, this time it is. It's yours. Please just do with it however you see fit. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 So like I mentioned, we've been going through uh, verse 8 at a snail's pace, if you will. Um, and we've been doing that on purpose because the things that it says in there in verse 8, it says you must also rid yourself of these things and then it lists things out like anger and rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. The reason we pumped the brakes and wanted to focus in on those is because we believe that you see those everywhere all the time, especially in our current culture and world around us right now. It seems like there's all those things that are just very prevalent in day-to-day -day life, and we want to really dig into what the Word of God, the truth, has to say on those different things. And so this morning, we're finishing up the last part of that where it says, and filthy language from your lips. So if you're a potty mouth in here this morning, I'm so sorry, but the Word of God is going to talk about that a little bit. Some translations, um, for that part that says filthy language, some translations use the words obscene talk or dirty language. And I think, honestly, I think most of us, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you would understand that using foul language, obscene talk, stuff like that, I think we could all probably agree that that's not honoring to the Lord. It doesn't bring about the things that God wants from our life when we're speaking in those ways. And so I think we could all agree on that. But what I want to drill down into a little deeper is just the effect of our words in general. Filthy language is a part of that, but to look at the reality that our words are powerful and 
they matter. You know, like I was mentioning, it's unfortunate because I feel like in our world today that we've seemed to almost we've seemed to almost just get rid of the idea that it's bad to speak poorly of other people. It's almost become accepted that you can demean other people and say hurtful, hateful things to people, and it really doesn't matter. I mean, we see that in our current political climate. No matter what side you might be on with things, there's not a lot of nice things said about other people in certain political races. Some of the very dramatic TV ads you see are all about demeaning another person's character and who they are. I mean, it's just... It just is what it is in our culture, but the Word of God tells us that as, as followers of Christ, we're to be different. We're to rid that stuff from our lives, and it's just sad, truthfully, how quick we can turn to demeaning other people and speaking poorly of them when the Word of God does not say that is okay whatsoever. I remember when I was uh, many moons back in the police academy being taught and trained to be a police officer. I had an instructor who told me, or told the whole class, he said, unless you can cuss somebody out, you will not be effective in communicating to certain people. He said the only thing that someone, some people understand is if you use uh, foul language and are able to get in their face and cuss them out. And I thought to myself, huh, that's interesting, but I can tell you honestly today that I never did that, not once, and I did just fine. I made it just fine. But unfortunately, there's this understanding that it's okay to just tear people apart with our words and to say awful things to other people. But ask yourself this, because it's important. Are our words really that important? Do they matter? Is it important that we choose our words wisely? Well, this morning, as we look to various places through God's word, I think we'll see that it's an overwhelming yes, it is. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, it says this, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Now, if this was literal, I think we'd all take it much more seriously, right? I don't know if any of us would exist if that were the case, if, it, if people literally die uh, with the words, but... But we seem to take our words for granted so often. It's almost like you scoop up, like if you scooped up a hand, two handfuls of sand and, and some of it spills out. It's like, oh, well, it's just a little bit. It doesn't matter. But guys, when our words have the power of life and death, every word that we speak absolutely matters. They absolutely matter. Um, studies even show that on average, you speak about 16,000 words a day, more or less. Some of you guys are bumping that average up. Some of you guys are keeping that lower. I argued last service that I believe sometimes, uh, for example, women seem to be on the higher end of that, and the guys on the lower end. That might not be completely factual, but um, that's about how many words you speak, and they all matter. Because our words, the tongue, the things that come out of our mouth have the power of life and death. And one of the ways that we know this is so true is because I have no doubt that in a room like this, there are several people in here, if not maybe even the majority or a lot of you that have, are still feeling the effects of something that somebody spoke over you or to you even as a child, that you remember those things. Maybe a parent, maybe a teacher, maybe a coach Maybe a friend, a family member said something to you or, or, or tore you down, spoke certain things over your life, and you, those things still go through your mind today. And some people, some of you could be here living, living in even great insecurity, or your life is all about proving that person wrong, or, or, or things of that nature. And it all stems from somebody speaking words to you or over your life. 
Our words are powerful. They matter. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says this. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So in Colossians, we're told to get rid of filthy language, but then also in Scripture, we're told right here that we're not to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. In fact, the things that come out of our mouths should be helpful. They should be encouraging. They should be things that build other people up, that it would actually benefit people that are listening to us. That's the sort of things that are becoming from our mouth. And the reason why this is so important is because our words are powerful. They matter. They absolutely do. And if you think about the power of words, the power of words has been on display since the beginning. If you think back to Genesis, even chapter 1, in verse 2, it says this. It says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And then in verse 2, what does it say? And God said... Let there be light, and there was light. Even in creation, we see God speaking, his spoken word, the words of God bringing life, building things up. Words are powerful. But we also see in Genesis chapter 3, the flip side of that that we've talked about. The the words have the ability to bring about death and destruction. In Genesis chapter 3, we've got Satan We've got the serpent. It says the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And what did he do to bring about death and destruction? He speaks. It says, he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from from any tree in the garden? The enemy uses words to bring about death and destruction. Because that's the opposite, right? That's what words do. They have the ability to breathe life or to breathe death. The interesting thing about the enemy's words... And something that we have to understand is that just because somebody says something that is not true does not mean that those words do not have power. They absolutely do. They have the power of death and destruction. That's what we see here. And you have to know and understand that Satan uses those same tactics on you. He wants to constantly be speaking things into your mind and your heart that are lies, that are not true. Because he has one goal for you in your life, and that's death and destruction. That's who he is. That's what he does. And we'll see it even more here in a minute when we look at some more scripture. But understand, that's his whole goal. Everything that he spews is, in fact, lies. God's word brings life and builds up. The words of Satan bring death and tear down. That's what they do. And the thing is, our words that we speak do one or the other, one or the other as well. Our words matter. What comes out of your mouth and off your lips are significant. And the thing is, we're made in the image of God. Like, never forget that you were made in the image of God. And God, as he made you, he gave you a tongue and he gave you lips and he gave you a voice to be able to use. And we, as Christ followers, have a responsibility as we follow Christ to make sure that we are breathing out the things that the Lord breathes out. And that is truth and that is life, not death and destruction. To honor God and to follow him, that means those 
are the things that are to come from our lips and from our mouth. Think about your life. Like, I'm sure we can all think of times and examples where somebody has said something about you or to you that have brought you down into the dumps. It was hurtful, it was hateful, it was demeaning, and it brought you straight down. And then on the flip side of that, I'm sure we can all think of times where somebody has spoken things into your life and to you that have brought you from that place straight on up back to life and encouraged and built you up. Like it said in Ephesians 4, we can all probably think of times like that. About a month ago or so, Lauren Daigle, you guys know who Lauren Daigle is? Okay, okay, she's a singer, if you don't know, okay, she sings music and it's pretty, and she's got an awesome voice, all right? But she came uh, out to Rogersville, and they had this, this concert that she put on, and it was a deal where everybody drives up into this field, and you've got to stay in your bubbles because of COVID, you know, you've you got to stay in your bubbles out there, and um, so there's all these cars out in this giant field, and the concert's going on, and um, the person who ended up parking right next to us uh, was an acquaintance, a man that I'd met a couple times over the years, and we said hello and chatted for just a bit, but halfway through the concert, he comes up to, to me and my wife, and he says, I know that you know, we're not supposed to be close to each other, and I know that all this is going on, but, and, and what he said was spot on. He said, the spirit of the Lord is so thick and real right here and now, because we were just worshiping the Lord in that field, and he was right. I mean, just incredible. And he said, I would like to lay hands on you and your wife and pray over you guys. Is that okay? And I said, absolutely. And as he laid his hands on my wife and I, he began to pray over us. But the crazy thing is, as he began to to say things to us and about us that there's no way he should have ever known. It was like we had it, like, like if we had a journal for our life and what was going on, it's like he was standing there just reading from it. And it was just the Lord speaking through this man. And I wanted, one of the things he said that just resonated so deeply, it was a hard week for my wife and I. That week was especially hard. And, and he said, I know that you walk around wearing a smile on your faces, but that inside there's some brokenness. And he said, and then he began to just speak God's word and God's truth over us and pray for us. And guys, it was one of the most incredible God moments of my life, probably top five. And I say that to say this, like he, he could have, he didn't have to be obedient to God. He didn't have to in that moment go and, and lay hands on us and pray for us and speak those things. But the Lord was telling him to do that. And he did. And it brought such life to us that I, he still doesn't even know the depth of, of how amazing that was for us and how it built us up. But the reality is, is that God wants to use you just the same way all the time. And the relationships, the people sitting next to you, the people that you work with, that you go to school with, your family, your friends, whomever it might be, God wants you to be a life giver with your words and to be obedient and speaking and proclaiming the truth of his word in general, but then into the lives of people. Because the words of truth, the words of God bring life and healing and peace and hope. They're the truth. Our words are powerful and they're important. Look real quick at James chapter 3 and verses 3 through 6. I love the, the picture that's painted here in James. It says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. 
The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. What James is doing here is he's painting a picture of how something so small, like our tongue, our lips, the words, they might seem small and insignificant, but they have the ability to change the entire direction of a moment or in somebody's life. How just one little word is like a spark. They can breathe death in such a way that it would ignite a wildfire and bring about so much destruction. Guys, our words, they're significant. They matter. They're powerful. So my question for you is, how are you using your words? How are you using your words? Do you bring about life or death with them? Do you build up and encourage? Is it beneficial to those that are listening? Or is it the opposite? And here's the deal. I understand that the truth can be offensive to some. You've all heard the term like the truth hurts. You guys have all heard that. Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the truth does hurt. But I would tell you this. Even if you're giving difficult truth in your words to someone, you need to make sure that it's done from a place of love. Because if you're speaking truth into someone's life and it's difficult and it's not coming from a place of love, you might as well just keep your mouth shut. Because the word tells us in in 1 Corinthians that if we're going to speak, it needs to be from love. Otherwise, we're just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, you're just an annoying noise. All right, so our words matter. And if you're going to have to give some difficult truth, do it in love. If your heart's not in a place where you can speak that in love, then it's not the time to do it because it won't be received anyway. Now, here's something else that I think is so important for us in our current day. And that is this. Not only do the words that come from your mouth matter, but your written words matter as well. Your written words matter as well. It amazes me how comfortable people are with writing and posting things on social media that are all about tearing down another person. Even if somebody has horrible character, they've done some evil things. If we remember back, guys, we're to put away anger. Or to put away wrath. It belongs to God. I will repay, says the Lord. That's not our place. But if our enemy is thirsty, we give them something to drink. If they're hungry, we feed them. We, oh, we do, we're not to be overcome with evil, but we're to overcome evil with good, the word of God says. And when we go down to that playing field and begin to, to write things that are demeaning, that are hurtful, that are about uh, making somebody's character defiled, whatever it might be, it's not honoring to God. Because he tells us very plainly in scripture to let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what's gonna be beneficial for building other people up that it would benefit those who listen. That's our role. That's our responsibility. And listen, here's the thing. I'm not saying this is my opinion. This is what God's word says about how important our words are. They breathe life or they breathe death. What you write matters so much. Think about God's word, his written word to us. Does the Bible matter? Is the Bible and the words in there powerful? Absolutely. The things that you write out there have that same ability to bring life or to bring death. So before you go posting or writing in your written words, even if it's in a letter to somebody, 
Remember, it matters. I, didn't, I haven't said, shared this. It just came to my mind. Like, things matter. You got to make sure. I remember one time, you guys are last service, so I can tell another story. But there was a guy in the church. This was years ago. He came up, and I don't know what his intent was, was, was with this, but he gave me um, several pages of a, new, of a magazine that he'd torn out and he stapled together. And the top of the article said, How to Preach Good Sermons. And he gave it to me. And I thought, is he saying my sermons are bad? Or is this just like supposed to encourage me and like hear some ideas? But I didn't know. But guys, it matters. It all matters, okay? Oh, mercy. Lord, help me. I'm going to go. Ron, I hear you laughing over there. It's not funny, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so Proverbs 18 that we read, it says the tongue has the power of life and death. But then it goes on and it says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. What that means is that you will reap the fruit of the seeds you sow with your words. If you sow seeds of death with your words, you're going to reap the fruit of destruction and death. If you sow the seeds of truth and God's word, you're going to reap that fruit as well. You reap what you sow. So remember that when it comes to your, to your words. Isaiah 55 makes it really clear in Isaiah 55 that God's word will not come back void. When you sow the truth of God's word, you're going to reap the benefits and the fruit of that truth as well. So speak life. Speak life. So here's a few things that I think we can do to apply this to our lives. And the first thing is this. If you've got a foul mouth, Rid yourself of it. If, if bad language is something you struggle with, listen, it's not honoring to God. It doesn't bring about the good that he desires from your life. And listen, there's a lot of ways that people say to deal with that sort of stuff, and I'm not Mr. Legalistic, like I'm not into that, but you, have, you can have a swear jar, you can do whatever. But the best way, I think, to get rid of, of bad language is to remind ourselves that heart change leads to word change. That if we know what scripture says in a few different places, it tells us that out of the overflow, right of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so like here in Luke 6, 45, it tells us a good man brings the things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Out of that overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And here's a convicting thing for me, like, I, I've, I mess up all the time with my words, and I say things that I shouldn't, and there's a whole other sermon on the fact that not saying stuff sometimes also can be a bad thing when you should say something. That's a whole other deal. But, you know, I've said things, and then I've told, for example, my wife. I said, I, I didn't really mean that. And while I'd like to think that's true, it really makes me step back and think of these verses and say, you know what, out of the overflow of the heart, my mouth speaks. So Lord, please come in and renew and transform my heart. Flush out that garbage so that only the truth and love of Christ is there because that's what needs to come out. Let the, let the Spirit of God come in and do that. All right, so a second thing is use your words to encourage and build up. Use your words to encourage and build up. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. In Colossians 4, 16, and we'll get there down the road, it says, Let your speech always be gracious. Not sometimes, but always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You see, the things that come from our mouth should be gracious. 
Is your speech gracious? It should be sweet, like honeycomb. It should be salty. Salt enhances flavor. It makes things better. Like that's how our words should be, bringing life, enhancing the environment around us. That's what our words are to be like. So use your words to do those things. Thirdly, speak truth over yourself and others. Speak the word of God because the word of God is truth. You realize Satan is lying to people all the time. Satan, Satan, he's constantly spewing lies. And so when you're joining and speaking things that are not of God, you're just joining along with Satan. And Satan, and I put this, this verse up here to help us see and understand in John 8, it tells us that Satan's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. That's all he can speak and all he does speak. It says you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's Satan. That's how he speaks. That's what he does. He's always speaking lies and deception because he wants to see you destroyed. He wants to see death on your life. That's what he wants for you. And so it's so important that we are speaking truth over our lives, your children's lives, the lives of other people's. Uh, Breathe life. If you don't know what to say, encourage people with the truth of God's word because it is ultimately the truth. It's pure truth, not perverted truth. It's pure. Our words are powerful. They matter. They have the ability to breathe life or to breathe death. But here's the cool thing as we wrap up this morning. God has some things to say about you. He has things to say about you and to you and over your life, and they are the truth. They're the opposite of what Satan would say. And the first thing that you have to know, guys, is that the word of God is clear over and over and over that God loves you. It says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were still in rebellion against God, it's saying Christ died for us in his love for us. In Romans 8, 38, it says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Guys, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. You can be running full speed in life away from God. He still loves you. He's still pursuing you. He's still chasing after you because he loves you. Don't let the enemy whisper the opposite into your ears saying, God doesn't care about you. He doesn't love you, really. You think he really loves you when you've been doing what you've been doing? That's a lie from the enemy. God says, I love you. That's what he says over and over again. Another thing the word of God says about you, he says that he has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. Satan will whisper into your ear that your life is not significant, that it doesn't matter, that there's really not any purpose. You're just one little drop in the ocean of God's people. Who are you? You don't matter. That's what Satan says, but God's word tells us the opposite. It says in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are God's handiwork. And if you even just stop right there and understand how beautiful this is, you see, God created you perfectly as you are. You're, you're uniquely different from anybody else on this planet. 
Nobody else is like you, and that's God's design for you because God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you in your life. There's a reason you were born at the time you were and the place you were, that you've gone where you've gone and that you are where you are today is because God has a purpose and plan for your life. You're not meaningless in the things that you do, but you have a purpose. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says that you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. You see, as you go about each and every day, the things that you do matter. They matter. There's good works, not bad works. There's good works that God has prepared in advance for you each day that he wants you to walk into and step into. And one of those things that he's prepared for you to do is to be a life giver with your words. Not to speak death, but to speak life. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He also doesn't want you to live in fear. Do you know that? God does, there's a lot of fear right now in our world. But God says this. He says, for the spirit, of God gave, um, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God doesn't want you to live in fear with anxiety and worry. He says, you bring those two things to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He gives us peace. He gives us power. He gives us love to deal with everything that we face as we're walking into those good works that he has for us. The word of God also tells us that he forgives you. God forgives you. You see, when you give your life to Jesus Christ and follow him and truly surrender to him, the word of God says that he remembers your sins no more. They're as far as the east is from the west. They're forgiven. And you've got forgiveness of sins and you've got life abundantly here and now and eternally. We rem- if you remember reading this in Colossians, when we started it, it says in 13 and 14 in chapter one, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves and whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. That's the truth. God has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light where there's forgiveness of sins and redemption. Jesus says in John three seventeen. He said that he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. God doesn't come in condemnation over you and your life. That's not his heart for you. He doesn't come to heap all these rules and things on you to keep you down because he doesn't like you. He comes in love. He came to rescue you. He came to redeem you and to save you. That's what he did. And when you give your life to him, he tells us in Romans 8 that there's zero. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's beautiful freedom that comes in the name of Jesus. The enemy will tell you the opposite. And don't forget this, God's heart is that you would have life at its fullest. He wants you to have abundant and eternal life. Satan, it says, a thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's God's heart for you. That's God's truth over you and into your life, that he loves you. He has a plan for you. There's forgiveness. You don't have to walk in guilt and shame and condemnation. There's forgiveness. There's peace. You don't have to live with fear and anxiety and uncertainty of your future. He's our living hope, like we sang. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Guys, I pray that the words of the Lord that we just went over would encourage you this morning, that they would build you up, that you'd remember that no matter what has been said about you or spoken over your life, they all fall in submission to the authority and truth of God's word over your life. That's what matters. And God has some incredible things to say about you because he loves you 
and he made you perfectly, and he's got incredible things for your life. Don't let the world tell you that your life does not matter and is insignificant. God has good works he's prepared for you as you go out of these doors today. Be a life giver with your words. Maybe you need to go and ask forgiveness for somebody for the words you said. If that's a step you need to take today, by all means do that. Bring healing and restoration with that. I've had to do that multiple times. But understand that God loves you. He's got wonderful things for you. And one of those things is to be a life giver. If you guys will stand with me, we're going to pray to finish up our time this morning and then worship the Lord some more. Father, we love you. We do. We love you so much. Thank you for the truth of your word. The truth that you've made a way for us to be redeemed from that dominion of darkness. Your word says that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life for all who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, that we can have life and forgiveness of sins. Father, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit. Lord, that you would transform us from the inside out so that the things that come out of our mouth from our lips would be life-giving. That we would breathe that life-giving power into our families, into our relationships, into our workplace, into the schools, into the social media network, into everywhere we go all the time, that the words that we speak would breathe life not death, that they wouldn't be divisive, but that they would be unifying. Lord, help us to to put our words through a filter of you, that we would be slow to speak as your word says, that we would come before you before we speak or post or do whatever and say, God, does this honor you? Is this what you want me to say? Is this the time that you wanted me to say it? Is it the place you want me to say it? Lord, that we just, literally every part of us would always be in complete submission to you. Because your ways are good. They're perfect. They're holy. And we want to follow you in that. Thank you for the words of life that you've breathed into each of us. We praise you for the gospel. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.